do you use a webcam or do you just use uh, your computer thing? I'm, I'm using my computer right now. Well, what web, computer do you have? It's just, your images are pretty Mac. sharp. Mac. A Mac? Okay. Yeah, yours is not as sharp. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah it's not as sharp. I, I, In fact, I'm tired. I just, just audio anyway, so it's all I good. A, I have a camera, though. You don't you you never try to convert this to to probably uh video like these conversations. Uh, it's I'm, a lot I'm of pretty work. lazy. Exactly, it's a lot of work. I'm not a <laughs> full time podcaster per se, and you know, yeah, it's a lot of work. I'm not an influencer or any of that. So just just keep them. You never know when you. Yeah, yeah, I'll keep them. So we'll know what happens. All right. But yeah, we can jump in. Um, Welcome to another edition of the College Class Podcast, podcast where we get to interact with people from different backgrounds and get to learn about other cultures. I think I have, I may have, have had one Kenyan on the podcast way back in the day, like four years ago, but um, we have another Kenyan on the show today. Welcome to the podcast, Sambasa. How's it going? Great. Um, I think I need you to do much more on that intro. You know, you got to come up with more. <clears throat> more okay yeah what's going on zambaza is a- you want to do it again <laughs> i'm good bro <laughs> I'm, good. Oh, no. I'm just kidding how yeah. you doing though good 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 how's Glad your how's your fourth of july been uh, we're recording this on the holiday so i appreciate you stopping by i know um you probably have kids and family and you guys are doing holiday stuff but what have you been up to today I got a barbecue. I just stopped halfway and come back. It's not far. So I just stopped, came to do this recording. And then once we're done with the recording, I'm going back to have my Kenyan tea and uh, Mahamri. For all those who know what Mahamri is, uh, yeah, ask a Kenyan person what it is. What but, is yeah. Mahamri? You have to tell us. Mahamri. Mahamri. Yes. You know, you're saying it like a Kenyan. Okay, wait, wait, wait. wait. Okay. Mahamri is, like, mm-hmm. uh, is like a donut, but it's a Kenyan donut. Okay. It's hollow on the inside, and then you add can you add stuff like uh, peas sometimes. Not not at the moment they're separate, but now it's too much hustle, so we just have it with tea. So I left are that. You, part. You make that, that at home yourself? Yeah, we do make it at home. So I have somebody oh. who's um, I'm at somebody's. I'm going to somebody's party. So once I'm done, we're going back to have the tea. That's a, that's the dessert. Nice, nice. Yeah. It sounds like a. A full-fledged uh, family Fourth of July stuff, food and grilling. Yeah. But that's one that's thing I haven't talk. tried yet in the U.S. Grilling, um, but I don't have a family, so you know maybe there's no need to buy a grill yet or whatnot. You know, that's how you start off. You start off with yourself, friends, and then create a whole big family. You that's know, how but, Father's Day starts off. You have friends come over. Your friend brings a friend, and maybe that friend you might like each other, and then end up. Uh, you know, getting married, and that's how you—that's how you start family. No, no one is talking. You are going too far, bro. <laughs> Just stick to the grilling. <laughs> talking, talking about the process of grilling. Like as immigrants, we had Father's Day where I'm from in Nigeria. Like we don't grill, so it's just a culture. I think the U.S. just incorporate some type of capitalistic traditions in all these holidays like every thanksgiving everyone needs to buy a turkey so all the turkey companies can make money like i just find a way all halloween everyone needs to buy candy so all the candy companies can make money everyone just finds a way like it doesn't mean if you don't do that you're not part of tradition but i guess over time you kind of like feel left out especially if you have kids like oh all my other friends dads are grilling you're not grilling type of thing and you just have to join look at it this way 
Okay, you're trying to um, remember we talked about uh, not we talked about, but there was a clip that we were sent the other day to listen to a link about uh, how humans behave culturally, and we're mm-hmm. supposed to go back and discuss it as as Africans. When I listened to it, it it said one general thing that we are beings, social beings. So being social Facts. in itself is having to create that kind of culture being together and as africans same way these people have no, why am i saying these people same way um americans have this uh, idea of having to barbecue and all that that is their reason to come together africans what reason do we have to come together just tell us there's beer football and Yamachoma, football <laughs> that's it you gonna see us over there so we right. have our own ways of creating our meet meetups and stuff like that so culturally since we're on culture class podcast, that is our way of uh, getting together as families, friends, and you know, you can even be solo and uh, you know, just grill and do something. But it's uh, us human beings are uh, are uh, people or a society where we live by each other. You cannot live alone. It doesn't I, work. I understand that. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not saying anything about social. You can be social without grilling. That's what I'm saying. All I'm saying is that. Over time, I'm sure if you go back to like the 60s and 50s, some of these traditions weren't there, but companies mm-hmm. looked for a way, just like how Coca-Cola looked for a way to co-op Christmas. Oh, you have to right. drink Coke and Santa Claus and all that just to sell more product. What I'm saying is that people were getting together before all this stuff, before buying turkeys and grilling and doing other things, but companies find a way to make it capitalistic, to make a holiday profitable. There were some holidays that weren't popular when I was younger that were just created like just so more companies can sell more stuff. That's that's what I'm saying. But mm-hmm. I'm for, all for social gathering and all that. But okay. Bobby, also interested to learn. I mean, since we're on the topic now, like I'm single, you're married, you have a family. So, you know, whenever I talk to people who have families, because I want to have a family one day, I always, you know, try my best to learn and so maybe i'll do from here on out i'll do a little bit more listening but before we get into that no so you you i have a i have a free invite to your wedding you're not you're not gonna tell me oh i just got married blah 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 no i'm what? coming for your wedding what if i get married in uh south africa I or something don't it doesn't matter <laughs> that's an excuse again see another excuse to travel to south africa but we have to come for your wedding Okay, I'll keep that right. in mind. No problem. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, well, how did you before even get into like marriage and family, all that stuff? Let's let's peel back um Sambaza a little bit. So okay. I mean, I always like to talk about, you know, growing up and all that. But um, from what I understand, you've been in the U.S. for a while, a little over two decades, but you weren't born in the U.S., right? You were born back in Kenya. So what was it like for you, Sampasa? How did you grow up in Kenya? Where did you grow up in Kenya? I grew up in a nice small town called Mombasa. That's not small. It's small. Well, at that time, it was small when you consider it. It's actually an island which is connected, they put a causeway, so it's technically it's not an island, but we lived on the island. And it was a small knit family with um, five at that time. And then my dad decided to add two more. So we ended up being seven, but it was all nice. My dad was a lecturer at a polytechnic, or like you know, like university. Uh, my mom was a school teacher. And that was our life. We had friends, family coming over. Everybody was close by. Everything was close. I walked to school. Um, my dad walked and back from work. 
so life was was good uh we live but we we're not, not not far from our farm and i remember every time we go we used to go for our vacation we have three vacations in africa i think most of the british uh colonies know this so april august and december were the months that we were off and my dad used to shuttle us every time to the farm and at that point i didn't, didn't realize it i used to hate going there but hate is a strong word um i think the incident that made me kind of dislike it was because all africa games came to 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 kenya you know the mm. all african games right yeah I so know it was the, the first african time eight, 1986 that was when it was in um in Kenya, when uh, Innocent Igbunike were the fastest running people mm. from Nigeria. Yeah, those people. Yeah. But anyway, back, back to my growing up. I could, I didn't go for the, we were being chosen to go. Kids were being chosen to go and hang out and do some some type of um, parade. And I missed out because I had to go to the farm. And I remember telling them, look, I don't want to go. I can't go because I'm going to the farm. And till that time, I felt some type of formal. And uh, it kind of threw me back a little bit, but I got back. And I love going to the farm right now. It's one of the most special thing that I have with um, with me going back to Kenya. I always love to go back to the farm. So we do have a farm as we speak. Um, we have cows, you know, a few goats here and there. Farm primarily, it's right off a, near the beach. And that's my life growing up. So went to high school, a uh, place called Nairobi School, which is also one of those colonial schools, one of the best schools, affirmative action is what got me there because they would pick the best kids from what we call, like if you're in the America, for the Americans who are going to be listening to this, it's like in states, even Nigeria, like you have states, your states. So they pick the best kids out of the states and then take them to the schools that they had chosen. So I went there for four years. After that, I joined the Polytechnic, which was where my dad also taught a little bit. And then I got a chance to come to the United States on a green card. So that's my life in Oh, nice. Oh, I didn't What's even it? know that was your path. So was it like a visa lottery? Yes, it was a visa lottery. I, ah. I took a chance and I got it. Um, now, I'll say this. If you want to hear more about my story, Concrete Pastures has it. C.C. Uh, Mulemwa did an interview with me in December about my life. So if you nice. all want to go get the bigger version of my life as we're talking about it, you can get it over there and kind of know who Sambaza is. Nice. And nice to see all the pod breakers crisscrossing and doing shows with each other. I just published an episode with Okuchi on Monday and oh. did one with Mo, you done with uh, CC or Nancy and everyone is just doing episodes together. So that's pretty nice. Um, but one question about that visa lottery. Um, so how did you even get to, who, who, who informed you of that? Because I remember when I was about 12, 13, there was someone I went to boarding school. There was a, a member, Emmanuel Mohaboa, who his family got a visa lottery. That must have been like 2003, 2002 or something and came to the U.S. And we didn't even know what that was till we all graduated like university and started seeing his Facebook pictures. That's when we started putting two and two together like 10 years later or something. How were you exposed to that? Who informed you of that process? So I kind of started knowing about it when I started working. And then one day, some a lady came to our job and said, oh, um, we tried the lottery and we won. So I was like, okay, you know what? Might as well try my chances. So I put my, mm. my name in and did that. A couple of my friends at work did it. My brother did it as well. 
so we put in as a family so the more chances you have you know when people do it as a family so you want one person to make it in the family so that's how mm. we did it and fortunately enough i got uh, i got the wow. got the information that i got it but at that time i was actually in london i was trying to make my life in london maybe if not for that i would have been uh, an englishman yeah, I mean, you're still drinking tea. You're going, going back from the episodes to go drink tea and harami. So, yeah, know. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. so that's how I got my my green card lottery. But I can that's tell you cool. one thing about the green card lottery, and people should understand this. It's a nice thing, um, but you have to get to understand that when you come to the U.S., you are starting a whole brand new life. Maybe nowadays it's different, but in our times, you start from zero. Like when you come here, you have the certifications and what have you um, understand that you're starting from scratch zero. You mm -hmm. may have money. It'll start you somewhere, but you are getting into a new culture, new things, and you have to get that mindset. Otherwise, you're going to struggle. That's the one thing that you'll struggle. Because for me, I'll throw in this bit. Um, when I was in London, I used to sit in the train and, uh, you know, read my newspaper in the morning, you know, and I go to London to work and it was fun, you know. Uh, you just wake, a cup of coffee, newspaper, you go in, 30 minutes and back. Now, imagine here when you get to the U.S. after staying there, you come here, you have to drive all over. And I'm in Texas. You have to drive around. There was no bus transportation or anything like that. So your mind has to get used to that. That's a psychological way of thinking. And I remember I struggled with it for about six months. Then I got used to it. I was like, you know what? Okay, this is my life and I have to change. And at that time, I was about 27. Imagine if you were in your 40s, 50s, when your life is set, mm -hmm. how it will actually impact you. It, it's tough. It's tough. But it's doable. Yeah. Let me not say, no, it's not. No, no, no. It's very, very doable. That makes sense. I guess that's why most people who emigrate come here like much younger, right? In their 20s or 30s, because that's when a lot of people can take more risk and have the adaptability to, you know, Exploring yeah, and that's, new culture and all that, but yeah, and that's the time you have these old men who come here, and then uh, they come with their families, and suddenly you hear, "Oh, I can't stay here," and they go back because it's tough. Right. Yeah, true, true. Okay, so let's let's fast forward a little bit because you know this episode, I want to talk about family. I want to talk about fatherhood. Uh, first, before we we talk about your family, how did you meet your wife? Let's let's start with that story. Because uh, from what I understand, you know, you're African, you're Kenyan, and you're married to an African-American. And we'll talk about the dynamics of, you know, people from those both those cultures raising kids. But how did you meet your wife? How did that happen? Hey, I got that African juju. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you're saying. We don't have juju in Nigeria. <laughs> so. So anyway, let me let me get serious here. OK, right. so um, <laughs> no, um, we um, I had been dating around and at this point in time, I decided, okay, fine, let me try this. Um, I say dating around, what was that on and off or what? Yeah. On and off. I was not serious. Okay. At that time. So it came to a okay. point where I was, I was getting to, to be serious. I said, you know what? I'm going to be serious right now. Look for a wife. Traditionally, you know, it was meeting people and I realized when we're meeting so many people on the same side, like, um, your friend, introducing me to your other friend and your other friend to my other friend. So it was kind of like a close knit thing. And I was like, you know what? No, I don't want to do that. Let me get out of the spectrum of being together, like so close knit like this. So I, I threw it to the internet. 
So I went online and uh, started looking for a lady online. Kissed a lot of frogs. Um, but fortunately, I met my wife over there, which is interesting because how I met, I'm going to try to shorten it and make it quick. Wait, wait, wait. I Hold was on. Not... Before you go for it, you met your wife online? Yes, I did meet my wife online. Yeah. Where? What platform? This must have been back oh, in the day, right? Yeah. Blackpeoplemeet.com. Uh, I, I knew, you I knew it wasn't like Bumble or Hinge or something. Black people meet. So this wasn't even on the phone. This must have been on a computer. A computer, yeah. But it still exists. It still exists oh. today. Yeah, maybe okay. now, you know, versions change. People now get online, do Facebook and stuff like that. Not Facebook, right. but do FaceTime on it. So um, I'm going to make it short. I'm gonna do it like, I was not supposed to be there on that particular day. I snooped into somebody's computer because I went to their history. I was doing a security class. So I went to the back of the class. I never sit in the back of the class, but I went to sit at the back of the class this time. I scrolled in and I looked at the history and I saw blackpeoplemeet.com on somebody's history, clicked on it, created a profile, left it. Two days later, went and added all my stuff there. And then that's how I created my profile. Then she came and actually she's the one who contacted me and said, hey, because uh, I did put my dogs there, and that's how it all started. What do you mean? You put your dog? Oh, you mean like pictures? I had dogs. Of your dogs. I had pictures of my dogs. Got it. There. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Okay. And she nice. had a dog, so that's how the conversation started. She said hi, and then we started chatting, and uh, that's how it started off. And the rest is history. So what made what made you? And I'm sure your wife will probably be listening to. What made you know she was the one? She was the one, or she is the one. Um, when I talked to her, well, we talked over the, we talked over the phone after we met and three meetings later having, you know, remember I told you I'd kissed a lot of frogs. I am sorry, ladies. It's not frogs in terms like that. I'm let me say I went through experiences. They, they understand. Um, they understand. You don't need to apologize. Yeah. Right. Hey, you know, everyone here, I don't want people, you know, rating this show and say this show is the worst. <laughs> I think you're that fine. That man, that's some buzzer guy. Who is he? But anyway, let's go back to, let's go back and track. So when you start comparing, you look at who you have had before and what you have then, and you notice there's some traits that you're looking for. And she fit in uh, very well to what I was looking for. She was not all that, you know, just calm, collected, everything. Funny enough, um, she's also, she was, uh, Katrina is what actually brought us together because had it not been for Katrina, we may not have been together. So she was settling into Texas from- You mean Hurricane Katrina? Yeah, that's what took her out of there. And then she, that's, that's what brought her to settle down in Texas. So I always keep telling her, even though Katrina was a tragedy of some sort, it was a blessing for me because I would never have met her. Oh, that's interesting. Wait, Katrina happened in Louisiana, I think, right? Or something? Yes. Okay, Actually, she, so look, look at it. Look, look at it like this, Nosa. Right. On the day when when the, the levees broke, I was sitting in my apartment waiting to move to my new house. I had no idea that that was happening. Now, can you imagine uh, thousands of miles away, somebody was leaving to come to Dallas at that time? Mm not knowing whether they're going to go back and then decide they want to settle down. Actually, she was in California at that time. So she came right. to Texas to meet her family there, here. And when they were here, that's when they were kind of trying to figure out what to do next. And then they split up. And then after that, uh, you know, they came back. But then that's when they decided to settle down here. And this is how we met. So 
everything has it was like everything just worked out for a reason oh. mm -hmm. makes sense that makes sense what, what were some of the conversations you guys had or did you have conversations before you get married because you know when i talk to married people some people say hey they had conversations about you know oh, number of kids where would they want to settle down you know some people even have a list of 100 questions you should ask your you know future spouse and they sit down together over a cup of coffee and have that conversation did you do any of that planning before you got married yeah, it was um we had a few conversations here and there and i think in about three months we were ready and i oh wow i, I talked to quick. her about getting married one time yeah i talked to her about being married one time and it took her about two hours she prepared the wedding in two hours wow and you guys have been married for like 13 14 years now or something 15 going to 15, 15. Now. Yeah. wow in three months that must have been the stars must really have aligned with everything that happened because you guys are still together yeah i mean when it when it works when you get to the point where you're ready that's one mm. thing when you're ready and she comes in and you yoke together everything will work out you will not even realize it you know it's just like here we go we're moving like this step this step that it flows you know nothing crazy mm -mm. it's it's right it feels right yeah, it feels right. Actually, mm -hmm. I think I can relate to that a little bit because I think I've been ready once or twice, but you know, last minute, uh, something happened. That's another episode, though. But you know, uh, no, I'm just, I'm just, we, need, we need to work on that. We need to work on that with you. Who said it's my fault? Why is it me? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not saying that it's you, but right. that's, that's why I said we need to work on that with you. Yeah, sure, sure. Right. I'm always, uh, there's always room for improvement. So um, whatever, like I said, you know, I love having married friends because, you know, it's the same thing I do in business, you know, talk to people who've done it before, try to understand, try to assimilate, get some guidance, you know, so I'm all for it, you know, definitely. So mom, I hope you're listening. I'm, I'm all for it. So um, <laughs> yeah, anyway. mom, we're going to make this guy get married pretty soon. Oh my God. We're the, working on him. You know, the other thing about Sambasa, <laughs> Sambasa is like a love fanatic <laughs> he, Zambasa is a love freak like anytime you talk to Zambasa so what's going on have you met anyone have you, right like, I think in your other life freak. you should have been like a relationship coach or something because you're always like on that P which is good you know but look, you're always on that P look eat love pray eat love, love pray. and pray okay so I've, I've eaten that's good so you pray you know, now pray we need to find every love now and again. So, boy, is it does it have to be that order? Eat, love, pray. No, no. Eat, pray, no, no, love. No. Okay, go either way. All right, cool, mm -hmm. no problem. Okay, so you guys get married. Um, you guys have kids. Uh, you have kids. Uh, two kids. Right. Um, talk to me about your 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 children and how many, like, what kids do you have? Do you have a two girls, a boy, and a girl. You know, how was it like during their early days? How old are your kids right now? And how does it differ from, you know, much earlier when they were growing up? <laughs> hey, uh, let me not scare people, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Where do I start? Yo. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, let me, let me put it like this. Having kids is the best thing that you can ever have in life. For one, it's your continuation of life. I have a boy and a girl. Okay, the boy Beautiful. is the older one, the girl is the younger one. Okay, um, they are all different dynamics. 
you have to treat them differently. They'll all behave. They have they have their own personality as they're growing up. That's one thing you have to understand as a parent, and you have to accommodate those differences, right? Uh, my daughter is headstrong. You know, my son is more like he's easygoing. Don't no no rush. Don't don't don't. She's like the mother. I'll give you a case in point. Um, my daughter, for a whole semester of her school, she'll wake up at 6.45 on the door, maybe later two minutes, and she'll be, you know, wow. never late for stuff. Doesn't like that. Just like the dad, you know? <clears throat> and he was short to put that in there, just like the dad. Yes. yes. <laughs> now, my son, he's supposed to be at the bus stop at 7.30 in the morning. This dude will be at 7.30 in the morning running out, cutting across my lawn, in the morning and i'm like why won't you just wake up early oh no that's so much time wasted blah 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 and that's him so right. you always have these differences uh with kids and thankful for my wife she has taught me that these things are not the stuff that you'll be taught as and even as africans you are not going to be taught how to cater for your kids your parents are not going to be telling you how to cater for you because how you come tell your your dad hey um how did you take care of me when i was young you'll be like i don't know and I just to be honest with it you, out, right? I do not know. If you tell me how the kids were, how many diapers I've changed, I've forgotten that part. I'm at a different part right now. We're mm. going to high school. I'm dealing with the new emotions, you know, trying to have them, uh, you know, navigate through a different phase in life. So each time you progress, it has its own time. Yeah, you'll remember a few times here and there, but generally you ask me to give you a rundown of like a... Um, diaper changes and stuff like that yeah i did that but i don't remember i did them every day i right. can remember i you know i gave them bats tell me if i remember most of the things i may remember two three four things about them having bats and stuff like that so it's all um a, a, it's all a life like a continuation of life mm. and in kids and that's that's the most fun about it and now with our age, the digital age where you have videos like with Facebook, you can see stuff happening. My son is a swimmer. I just saw a video the other day when he was first week of learning how to swim, you know, jumping the water and whatever. And right now he was swimming 50 yards straight. Wow. And I looked and said, wow, this is the guy who jumped, you know, straight with the... I don't know how to say it, but he'll just the jump floater. like he's doing a... No, right. Not even with the floater. You know, when you when swimmers start swimming... Mm -hmm. they'll they'll be told when your marks get set and then jump they'll jump like they're doing a cannonball and then ah, start swimming right got it. Mm -hmm. that's how they start off then now he's at the point where you know it's like michael phelps style you jump in you're diving in and my, my daughter is like that you know you have those videos and you see them you know maybe trying to walk you know when i was growing up i don't have any you know i only remember my sister's trying to walk and i barely I think I barely saw stuff like that. So what I'm trying to say is having kids is fun. Great. Mm -hmm. Being a parent is great. It's taxing. But let me tell you, it is fun. That you you have to put some work in it. Uh, but I can tell you the results are great. You want to have, you know, people who come look up to you and, you know, they adore you. Um Maybe at some point they might not like you. Well, it's not like you. They're right. trying to figure out themselves. Like, no, so when you're when you're teaching kids in America, okay, this is what I'm going to say. As Africans, I don't have that that uh, 
I don't have uh, uh, that privilege of having married to an African woman or a Kenyan woman, let's say. And we would be speaking English, you know, English and Swahili. If I was from Kenya, we'd be speaking Swahili. My kids would learn Swahili. Now, I'm going to give you an, uh, what happens to other Af African families or Kenyan families. And I think maybe this happens to Nigerian families as well. When your child is growing up in the beginning, you start teaching them how to speak maybe Igbo. I'm, I'm just going by what I know. Hausa, Yoruba, those three. I know there are many other languages there. And us is Swahili. And if I'm going to speak my native language, because we have one, Mijikenda, Kambe specifically, they will learn and know those things. When they get to about 12, 13, they have to identify themselves as who they are now with their friends. Two things can happen. One, they will end up talking to their friends in English. You know, now they want to be like hippity hop, you know, hip hop stuff. Mm -hmm. And when you start speaking to them, and you like when they come home, you're starting to talk to them in Swahili, they'll change and start talking back in English. And you'll be like, okay, this is the same kid that was speaking to me in Swahili and was very proud to be Swahili. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. He's just trying to discover himself. You know, right. just be patient. As they grow older, when they get to their past their teens, then they, they realize what, where they come from, their culture. Because you strip somebody everything. The uh, right. last thing you left is you. Who are you? I'm Nosa. Okay. And first thing you'll say is I'm from this place. My dad is this place. That's where you start off from. So they're not realizing that they want to explore to the outer, their outer self, like the their neighbors, their society. Like you said in the beginning, we can never be we're not um, single or we're not isolated. We have to create these communities, partnerships. And you in America, they have to, you know, do Halloween. It's not, it's not uh, a Kenyan, Kenyan thing. I never grew up with Halloween, but hey, I send my kids trick or treat. Even though we take them, we don't do the, the funny, scary uniforms. We do the, the fun stuff, right? Like doctors and nurses and yeah. stuff. Right? Yeah, stuff like that. But the whole point is we trick or treat. Just like everybody else. Is it something that we do? No. Thanksgiving. That's not a Kenyan thing. But hey, we're in America. We have to do Thanksgiving. Now you learn how to th to do Thanksgiving, Turkey. Hey, everything is more like towards the dollar. You remember capitalism. Right. Uh, yeah. February 14th, Father's Day, Mother's Day. All these things become part of you. The kids have to learn. They're the ones actually who bring you to kind of be more in tune with the society that's ongoing because remember right. again your kids are the best people to get you into the society mm. tell you what if you go to the pool with your child and they're swimming uh playing around because we used to go to the pool and take our kids there and they'll come back and say oh this is my friend then her friend will come and you look at her friend and like okay who's this and I say oh the dad is over there or the mom is over there. Then you end up waving high, and then they start talking. They become friends. So at that point, you've you've made a friend, <laughs> even though you you Just may not want your to. Kids are right. Or they're playing soccer. They have to get into a soccer team, a recreational team. Mm -hmm. Now they're there. You have to encounter other parents. They say, "Oh, we're gonna go for a sleepover." You're not used to sleepovers. You're like, "No, no, 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 no." Okay, we're gonna go for a birthday party. You show up at the birthday party. You're standing there. Okay, your son. We're all a community of parents who are playing soccer you right. meet up and you create a friendship so this is what kids create the right. story is kids are your are your help to becoming current 
are you helped to being a responsible human being? Mm. Okay, so and, um, if you want to be current and be responsible, have kids ASAP. Right, this right. is some pasta. Um, <laughs> <laughs> My opinion, though. No, no, right. but I, I, I totally get what you're saying, and you know, I right. could relate to a bunch of stuff. And just for context, how old are your kids? How, how old is your, your son 13, and your daughter? Thirteen for my son, eleven for my daughter. Thirteen. Oh, wow. So you know, particularly your son, you know, is getting to that age where you know, friends now, you know, listen to music. Oh no, I don't want to wear that. These are cool. Oh. These aren't cool. Dad, you're so old school type of stuff. I can imagine, you know, how oh, it man. is. But <laughs> no, sir. By oh, the way, man. by the way, I mentioned something. I'm yet to come across an immigrant that allowed their kid in America go for sleepovers. I'm not. I'm, I don't just mean African. Like people from the Middle East people from wherever the caribbean i'm yet to come across an american immigrant that that's allowed your kid go for a sleepover before so um so that's one thing my son does he oh, has he does. done a couple yeah my daughter yes but it's kind of very it's very um coordinated let me say and we're very mm. careful and intentional about yeah you have to monitor I can the parents who they are and kind of have a feel for them but mostly we, we allow them for birthday parties, not, yeah, they might stay late. And one I thing I like imagine. about my daughter is she doesn't like staying out overnight at people's places. So that's a good thing. So we're like, okay, my son, eh, he's, he, he'll go out there. Got it. Got it. Um, okay. Uh, so you mentioned earlier that, you know, you're Kenyan and your, your wife is African-American. So obviously, you know, even with the language stuff, you talked about it that, okay, growing up, you know, they, they speak uh, Swahili and, you know, now they are getting to their teens, maybe not as much and they'll come back to it. What are some of those dynamics get being married to someone who is not of your culture? Like you didn't marry a Kenyan woman. So what are some of the ways that you felt like, oh, this would be a big deal by you? hard to work through some things together you know especially when the kids start coming around no sir <laughs> where do i start okay and no, i'm no, sending no, your I'm... wife this episode by the way i'm, I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> no it's 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 no she'll tell you i mean i wish she was here but it's only for men right so if she was here, she'd actually be honest. She'd probably even take over this. You can have a conversation with her. She'll probably take over this whole thing and tell you the whole story. But right. when it comes to bringing in uh, a new dynamic, that means when you marry somebody else from a different culture, number one, the first thing you have to do is learn to be patient. Patience mm -hmm. is the best thing you have to start off with. Because if you're not going to be patient, then it's not going to work. So patience and grace. Um, semantics. That's one thing. Uh, we have different semantics on how we do things. Optics, optics, semantics, you know, whatever you call them. What I may perceive as being okay is not going to be perceived as okay on the other side. So you have to mm -hmm. learn each other. Um, there are some things that I'll take case in point. You know, in Africa, the education system is whereby you know you 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 go through the education system is different from the Kenyan system. So we're here. We send money to pay for tuition for our younger sisters and brothers. They don't understand that. It's like why? Well, oh well, over here you cannot take go ahead and take a loan or you know you get a scholarship and stuff like that. Right. 
it's not like that um families here have to help you know like the family back home so those are the things that you have to teach them um to understand and once they're willing to understand both sides have to be willing to understand once they understand that it's fine um culture the way they speak you know their the colloquialisms you have to get to understand and then embrace them as well and also learn more about their culture you have to be really really open about their culture and understand where she's coming from where she's going to because your kids are not going to be uh, they're not going to be growing up in the same way as you grew up first of all mm-hmm. and you're bringing another culture so you have to merge two cultures together to where the way you're going to raise your kids is going to be of a multifaceted it's not going to be a single way of uh you know having your kids well it's not going to be the way you know like in africa and maybe i don't know you know no so if you get a nigerian lady maybe you you guys stay five days in the house you don't get out nobody's going to see you something like that i'm actually looking to, to get married yeah. to an east africa to be honest i'm i'm targeting the eritrean or ethiopian community but uh mm. we'll, we'll see we'll see about that oh okay man proposes yeah. and god disposes like you never know so you know hey, i ain't but, mad hey. at you uh, <laughs> the only thing is i have a I have a free invite. Holler at your boy. You never know. I might, I might hook you up. Hey, you, have, you have an Eritrean for me, Sapasa? Oh, man. We'll be, I'll fly out to, to, to Dallas tomorrow. <laughs> no. Are you are you serious? I am serious. I, I'm gonna hook up. I can I can call somebody. I know some people that know people and can, you know, can hook you up or something bruh, like that. Bruh, I'm open, bro. I'm open. Come on. Let's okay, do it. Fine. I'll 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 see. Uh, talk to me when we're done with this podcast and I'll All right. All right. Do. Yeah. Okay. I got a plug. Just, just, just circling back to the question though. What was a particular <laughs> <laughs> okay what was a particular <laughs> what was a particular challenge one major challenge um and i know you touched on some of them but what was one very major challenge that tested your relationship with your wife especially maybe probably when it comes to raising kids maybe she saw things in raising kids as one way and you saw it as another and you guys kind of like had to compromise on something ah okay so i'll tell this story um when when you get when uh american mothers first time you want to be hands on like you want the child to get to know you better you want to be you know everything you have to do it your way right so my mom comes here to help out with the with the baby and she wants to have time to bond with the baby my my mom so my mom comes in with the thingy of you rest I take care of the baby. Anytime you mm. come out, let me take care of the baby and you know, you you chill. You know, this is my job. I'm I'm the mother, I'm the, I'm the granny. I'm coming to take care of the of the of the baby. So, we had a struggle to where she wanted to have time to bond with the baby because remember she's working. So she comes in the evening, she wants to chill, you know, bond with the baby and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And my mom is like, no, 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 no. I've been taking, that's my job. I need to take care of the baby, do all that. You just come in, relax if you from work. You know, I oh, got it. I know a lot of women who dream, who dream for that. So I want to take the baby off my hands. Perfect. Right. So you know? first baby, it was a struggle. So it got to a point where they had to create a schedule. Like, okay, wow. mom, you have, you have this baby for this amount of time. I have this baby for this amount of time. And then at the end of the day, then we'll be like that. So they had to sort it out through themselves. Mm. Now, come the second one, my daughter, oh, my wife was like, you know what? You have a... <laughs> I'm not, I'm not uh, having this. No, 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 no. You uh... have her. 
And she actually, by the time my mom was leaving, my daughter actually learned more Swahili. She was more con uh, um, conversant with Swahili than my son. What? How long yeah. did your mom stay? She used to come in six months at a time, goes six months. Oh, she comes, comes, back. comes back. Right. Okay. Yeah. Right. It got to a point where the embassy was like, hey, what are you doing? You just come back in for like, hey, that's all I do. I'm going to take care of my, my grandkids, kids, my grandkids and come back. So she'd come back, rest for about six months, go back. Like that. So she did that until they were going off school age and going to daycare and stuff like that. Then she just mm. come to visit once a, once in a while. Interesting. Yeah. Would you but that say... was a challenge. That was one of the challenges. It was it was it was a big challenge, but we worked it out, and my mom was also okay with working it out. That's interesting. I mean, I I can only imagine, like you know, with the traditional African family, you know, tends to be fairly con conservative. You know. Maybe believe in spanking. Um, what else? You know, religion is always a big part of it in some form or fashion. Not so much in the, in the American household. How how did you guys have that conversation in raising your kids around things like spanking? Uh, you know, chores. Um, no pocket money because I allow you breathe and you eat my food, so no pocket money. Stuffs like that. <laughs> Okay, so you've thrown in so many things. So spanking. Right. They do get spanked if it's getting to that point where, you know, it's it's not it's not a it's something that I've done, but it's not you don't get a spanking every day. It has to be something that you've really, really done uh that's off, you know, off and you you've been told once or twice, you know, and then it's like uh uh it, you're not listening. And to me, let me put it like this, and this is my 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 thingy. Um I spanked when they were younger and they go and they go, you know, like not spanking, like, you know, I'm trying to, you know, kill a, an ant or something like that. No, I spanked to, to teach and I'll tell you what you did wrong. Right. As they grow older, it's not spanking. Now I just talk to you and I tell you what you've done wrong. Because at that point, what am I doing? There's nothing I can do. Spanking is not going to help. Oh, so, so you don't I'll spank them anymore at 13 uh, and uh, yeah. 11? Mm-mm. Right. I just tell you, you know what? This is your life. This is what you do. This is what's <laughs> going to get you into trouble. And this is not going to stop. You keep going on like this. This is it. You take their stuff away and they stay, you know, that's that's what you can do. But spanking them, nah, it doesn't help at, at some point. What about the first time trying to spank them, though? Did you have to have a conversation with your wife? Did, did it come as a surprise to her? Did she like, what the hell are you doing type thing? No, 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 no. Oh, so she supported you? No, yeah, she supported. Yeah, oh. sometimes she spanked, and I was like, "Hey, I'll be like, hey, hey." You know, I mean, I'll she's from Louisiana, side. so I guess right. you know she's she's from the south, so you know it's she, yeah. And when she's when she gets mad, and when they when they used to refuse what to do, they'd go scampering away. But <laughs> it's funny you say that as they grow older, she threatens them, and they don't they don't do stuff. Like she'll tell them to do stuff, they won't. It's something with kids. When they when she tells them that dad is the one who's gonna get is gonna get you, they'll do it fast, as opposed to her. They'll do it, but it'll it'll take a while. You know, they'll kind of dance around with it. All right. So so, so you, you guys know. play good cop bad cop that way. Kinda. No 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 no. no. We're all no. same same thing. No secrets. So if the son comes and says, "Oh, I have a girlfriend," she'll come and tell me, "Oh, your 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 son has a girlfriend and stuff like that." So you're not gonna keep any secrets, and that's how we should be as a family. Which That's is one a, thing we never talked about it with my wife, but somehow it's the same that was with my parents. They, they never kept secrets. But what about chores and pocket money? 
Oh, so now they have chores. They do chores when they start getting of age. They do get pocket money. The reason why they get pocket money is because we're trying to we give them an allowance and give them an account. They have bank accounts and they oh, learn, nice. they're learning how to swipe and, you know. Nice. That's decisions. good. Yeah. So when their birthdays, they get money. Excuse me. <clears throat> this will go into their accounts. They'll put them there. And then once they have them, um, they can go in and withdraw. Not a, a whole lot. They have a certain amount of money that they withdraw. Um, I know it's kind of funny when they go to the cashier and they're using their cards. They look at them. They're like, oh, well, these kids are going to buy, buy stuff. And I'm like, yeah. But it's a part of learning how right. finance and learning how to be independent. I like and that. How to use money. So I like that. That's one of the things we taught them. Yeah. Nice. Not not a lot of parents are very deliberate in you know financial literacy and education for their kids, and these are things they don't really teach you in school. So you know, yeah, I, I can respect that. I can respect that a lot. To. In America, you have to. Mm-hmm. Uh, since again, as immigrants, we don't have that privilege. We learn it on the go. Remember, I Facts. don't know anything about four one k, you know, stocks and stuff like that. But now that I've learned. I start teaching my son as he's growing older, you know, this is stocks. This is what you need to do. I show right. him and I tell him, you know, this is, this, this, this is what happens. This is what turns into stocks. You have to be conversant with that and politics too, you know, <clears throat> learn, teach them, you know, you take them. I take, I go when it's uh, voting time, we go with them to vote. They stand out there. They see me, uh, nice. daddy's going to vote. So in their mind, you're planting this seed as you have to be in tune with your surrounding voting you know, know your finances, school, teach them which schools you want to go, them to go to, talk to them about these things because we were never taught that. So it's, it's something that as a as an African parent and as an African dad, you have to kind of take that responsibility to teach them what you were not taught. Like your parents, my parents were not hands-on, but right now we're hands-on. I'm, I'm always, I coach him soccer. I coach my daughter soccer. They swim. I'm a pseudo, uh, what do you call it? pseudo swim coach. I don't know how to swim that well, but you know, I I look at stuff and tell them, no, you've done that wrong. You've done that wrong. Do this right. Do do this. You know. Right. So those are the things as a parent and an African dad you have to do. And your kids look at that figure and they say, you know what? When I want to get married, or when I marry, um, I'm gonna get somebody who. Well, it's not like my dad, but, you know, who who has the values that my dad had for me? You know, I, ex- right. I expect my husband to be there when my son is playing soccer. He's there to coach when my son is doing something. They're there. They're hands-on. So that's an example you want to create now going forward. That makes sense. Uh, and, you know, I can respect that. How much of that would you say is informed by the environment? Like if you had gotten married to a Kenyan lady and you had never moved to the U.S. back in Kenya, how much of those, maybe in a different form, but how much of those, how much of those is, it, is do you do differently because you're in America? And do you think you would have done all those things if you were back in Kenya, if you got married and settled down back in Kenya? Um, I think when I talked to my peers in Kenya and my best friend, who's also my best man for my wedding, we've been friends for a long time. He's well, I can't say best man, best friend, because he's more like a brother. He's my brother from another mother. Uh, his friend, I mean, my name is, my friend's name is Edward Gitangu. And Edward has three kids. And when I sit with him and we kind of 
talk when I go back to Kenya or when we have these WhatsApp meetings and keep chatting. We kind of have the same lifestyle. It's only that we're in different locations. He's more hands-on with his kids over there. Like he'll go watch them play soccer. The last time I was there in Kenya, he had come from watching, taking his son for a soccer game. And I remember us meeting up and we were like, uh, hey, what's going on? He's like, hey, just from a soccer game. I was actually wanting to go watch soccer with, with the kids, you know, kind of hang out with him. But he, the game was already over by the time I was done with what I was doing. So I ended up um, meeting him for lunch, for lunch, stroke dinner. And we had this conversation about, whoa, what are you doing? And it tells me, oh, this is what I do with my kids, blah, blah, blah. And come to find out, yeah, they are very hands-on. So if I was in Kenya... I probably would be more hands-on um, with my kids, but different. The life circumstances would have been different. Uh, how I would uh, go about doing it. So let me say they have their way, which is not as their parents have been doing it. Um, maybe it's part of the world being global, and they watch American movies, and um, you know we speak about it. So. At the end of the day, they're like, okay, we want to emulate the other people. Remember the society. Right. So you try to emulate the society and it ends up being the same way. And that's how I see it. So it probably would have been the same. Makes sense. Well, what are some of the things your kids have taught you? Patience. Besides, besides patient. Well, I was almost about to say. <laughs> 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 what are some practical things? Let, let, let's not say traits or behaviors. What, what are some some practical things that you you didn't know about your your kids maybe showed you how to to use Facebook or something I don't know. Oh, um, the kids. Let me put it like this. Okay, when they're young, they don't know much. You're teaching them, right? Now they're at the age 13, 11, They start teaching you things about TikTok. You know, their music is different. I sit in the car. My son starts playing. Now he changes the station. Like I'd be playing old school music and then I leave, come back, he's switched it to what's current. And then he'd be bumping to some songs. I'm like, what song is this? Don't have a clue. So he'll tell me what it is. Then it comes to a point where gadgets, like they'll teach you about gadgets because they know more about the gadgets. PlayStation, I play the PlayStation. I'll go play the game as is. He will go and do some stuff in there, you know, I come and look at him. I'm like, what are you doing in that game? He's like, oh, no, I'm just blah, blah, blah. I'm like, uh, uh, that's too much for me. You see, so I can only take <laughs> to a certain point. Right. right. So mm -hmm. he goes further and can teach me more. So I'm getting to the age where I'm stepping back and I'm right. letting them take over my life. Soon, you know, it'll be like, hey, what's going on with this TV? What do you do with this? Right. You know, like, I'll tell you something. I, there's a living room TV. When I get there, I kid you not, I call my kids and tell them, hey, come turn off this, come turn on this TV because I cannot figure out how to turn it on. When they turn it on, I say, okay, fine. Is this the one that shows the channels? Okay, fine. Okay, fine. You all can go. And then <laughs> and they keep complaining. But That's such an African dad thing to do. I think that's how dad bond, African dads bond with their kids. <laughs> <By> telling them, <laughs> it's tell them to just say, come, let's talk. They say, come, come and fix the TV. Okay, how are you doing? <laughs> Throwing some questions in there all right, all right. and all that. But that's so wholesome, man. That's so wholesome. Um, we have conversations with my son. I mean, the other day he was, hey, 
the other day he had a conversation. He's telling me about this girl. He was stepping up to this girl and he had he even explained the behind. The girl had a good behind and was looking cute. I turned around. I, I I was your driving. son is 13? He's 13. I looked around and looked wow. at him. I said, hey, uh, are, are you talking to me or you're talking to a buddy? And he looked at me. He was like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> but we allow him to, I mean, allow him to express himself, but just mm. we allow him to express himself to to a point he's going to get there, you know, but right. just let him have a little bit of freedom to, you know, small, small reins at a time. Don't cut, no, cut, cut it. Yeah. Just let him go slow. Teach him what it is, you know, tell him about what life is, the birds and the bees, but slowly. Yeah. I hope I answered that is, question. What, what, yeah, you did. Uh, what is mm -hmm. slowly? When do you talk about the birds and the bees? I don't think I've ever, I have African parents. I don't think my African parents ever, maybe my mom took me to a class. I think she actually took me to a class that that taught us that, if I can remember correctly, but they never did it at home talking about the yeah. birds and the bees. Not that I can remember. Let me but, tell you something, Nosa. Right. And I'll prepare you. I, I, I'll tell you this, but I'm not going to prepare you for it. It's going to happen. Mm -hmm. I have a daughter. She has to go to the doctor. They have a doctor, so they go every year. So we get there. We're talking. You know, I'm sitting here. And they're talking about their monthly cycle, right? Mm -hmm. We've talked with other dads. And I'm like, I'm not kind of comfortable with it. I haven't got myself comfortable with it. So I go to the doctor. And I'm sitting with the doctor. And I'm like, okay. Suddenly, he starts that conversation. This is a doctor. You know, the doctor is talking in terms of being a doctor. And right. he's a male doctor. And he's talking to my daughter. And he's trying to tell me, oh, yeah, you know, um, you, right again that time, you know, you're going to have your monthly cycle, blah, blah, blah. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, this dude actually said that. And, <laughs> you know, it was a conversation that I have never had with my daughter. And I don't think right. I was comfortable having my daughter. But the guy was there talking like, you know, you're going to have this. Things are going mean, to change doctor, your body. Right. right. Yes. But I'm sitting there. And, you know, by him being there and me sitting there, we were like, oh, okay. And I'm like, oh, okay. You just told her. Oh, okay. Birds and the bees already explained to my daughter. We're cool. You know, my son is different. You know, son, you can teach them and tell them, hey, you know what? Those girls are trouble, you know. And even my daughter, I tell them boys are trouble. You know, I, you got to be, be careful. No, no, my daughter tells me boys are trouble. You know, you got to be careful how you interact with them. Right. But when it comes to the body parts and start talking about that stuff, hey, tell an African dad that he was squirm and then, <laughs> right. you know. I, I can imagine. I can right. imagine. That, that, right. That'll probably be like a, a touchy subject with any parent, not just even like immigrants or Africans. Uh, but, you know, one thing that's interesting, like there is some commonality. Like you just talked about PlayStation, right? Even though, you know, your, your son will probably know a lot more how to customize, how to use PSN and all those things. Like when we were growing up, there was such a huge divide because we're just the first generation being introduced to PlayStation and video games. Our dads grew up on the farm. They knew nothing about that phone and social media kind of like seeped in, you know, in my teenage years as well. So it was pretty interesting, but at least there's some commonality. Like if my daughter's born, I know about social media. They probably know more about social media, but I have an idea about it. But one thing that, you know, a lot of couples tend to talk about is the phone, right? You know, 
when when will your kids get a phone or do they have access to social media because there's so much going on like back in those days all our parents needed to do was to turn off the tv but we see have have magazines that will borrow from our our friends in school and hide the magazine and try to read in our room but now how do you even police your kids with youtube and tiktok and all these things. What is your phone policy in your household around, you know, allowing your kids access to the internet, them having phones and things like that? So we, we Apple people. So by being Apple people, um, my wife has these restrictions. So they are restricted to what they can go, where they can go and how they can get into it. Uh, one thing I do recommend because I have my personal YouTube account because they do need YouTube at some point. So they have a YouTube account. They can only go to that YouTube account, which is mine. And I can go back to their history and see exactly what they, they're seeing. And mm. I see what they see. And then I can go back and tell them, Hey, you know what? This content might not be good for you. You know, kind of watch what you're watching. Does this YouTube is, have a parental control thing or no? Uh, it does, but you know, it's my account. Right, right, right. So okay. I, I'm like, yeah, I, I go back and look at it and say, okay, I don't want you watching this. I don't want you doing this and this and this. So at this point, they have access, but I have access. I can see exactly what they can do. So I police them that way. Um, Are for they the other apps, it on their own phones, do they have smartphones or? Yeah, they have their own phones. They're oh, okay. watching. Yeah, they can watch. But once they go in, remember, you, the way you watch, I can see. You can't unless you go take it off. I don't, I don't even know smart, how it can. Like yeah, they, I'm smart. sure they'd hey, be doing things I, like you. I, I, like I said. <laughs> That, right. You can only do up to a certain point. You, true, and this true. is, this is, oh, I'm going to drop this in for you so that you know what we're talking about. My wife's nieces and nephews were talking about back in the day when he used to go to some uh, dodgy sites. The boy used to go to some dodgy sites, you know, XXXXXXA. Right. Yeah. Right. So, his Why you mom used to like come. You don't know what those sites are, some uh, This is hey, this is a PG. PG. <laughs> this is a PG show. So, okay, I feel you. I feel you. So the mom used to go and look at the history. You know, like the way you click on history and whatever Windows, and then you see what was going on. Okay, so mm -hmm. figured out figured out what was happening. So guess what the guy did? He used to go and clear out the history and mm. clean it up, clean the cache and whatever. Since then, the mom was like, oh, my son is so good, does not go to the websites and does not look at these things after I talk to him. Mm. <laughs> Little did he know. So you do your part. Right. You know, you can only do up to a certain point. Do what you can and let right. the rest, you know, let God, let God and whatever you, you have guiding the kids work its magic. Right. Okay? So just hope. I mean, that's one thing I'm super scared about. Like, and I'm even like for if for me to get married and then have kids who will be 13, that that's I'm sure like the internet will be like light years from where, where it is today. Yeah. So that's that's a pretty great. interesting. Uh, here's what I'm gonna throw in. It's great that we are we got into the internet phase. Can you imagine our parents were pre-internet? Mm -hmm. You know, they don't have a computer. So their their grandparents never had the computer. They were still figuring it out without the computers. But then these are guys who are moving into the city, you know, moving out to the UK, other, you know, other countries, mm -hmm. stuff like that. Then now we come to the internet age. But one thing I'll tell you, Nosa, is everything, the basics are the same. Even though technology might change, the basic principles of life will always be the same. So even you tell your kids, look, yeah, I was not born yesterday. We may have internet and stuff like that. But let me tell you something. 
I am still the same person and I know these things because I've already done them when I was younger. So right. you're trying to do this stuff using the internet does not make it different with me using a regular phone back in the day or right, you know, right, right, right. How, seen, you know they lock the all, phone and then you all. try to press. Yeah, you know, that, right. that's how they used to do it. You know, you've done that. You know what it takes. So you know nothing, nothing new you're telling them. It's just the, the different time zone. You know, oh, they go by, oh, he, you, you, this, you used to say, oh, back in the day. Yeah, that was back in the day. And now it is now. <laughs> and we still know. Right. Especially now, like me, I have podcasts. All the Lord knows what I've said in X or Y show. Like they'll just clip it up and send it to me. Like this is you, you know, but it's all good. It's all good. But yeah, most of my stuff is PG anyway. But, but this is pretty interesting. Did you, have you taken them home? Your your kids has your wife gone home with you to oh, Kenya? Yeah, she she does loves it. In fact, we're planning on going next year, twenty twenty four. We nice. always do every two years. We always take them home every two years um, for them yes. to realize what home is, and they love it there. Um, I'm hoping that you know, as they grow older, they'll still want to go back there and hang out and on their own. That is, I don't have to pay for tickets. They'll just say, "Hey, you know what? I'm going to Kenya for vacation." I'm like, "Okay, cool. You know, you know your way out. There's a house there. Just go land and do your thing." Nice, nice. So I, I take it that you you're not one of those dads that threatens them that hey, we'll send you back. You no, know, the Nigerian parents will send you back to the Nigerian boarding school. No, ah, you tell them that <laughs> they'll be like, "Hey, when, when, when? Let me, let what? me get the ticket. Well, let, uh, let's can, go." Kenya can, must be cool. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be oh, with my auntie. Yeah, and then we can go to the beach and do this, and then go to school. Ah, uh, like uh, uh-uh. imagine. <laughs> no, 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 no! I wouldn't dare use that. That's not an excuse for them. Okay, so what are what are some of the the, the threatening things you do? I've got to take your stuff. You're not going to have all. access to PlayStation for a while. Okay, that, that's all you can do. Take the PlayStation stuff like that, but they'll sneak it in one way or the other. But they understand the concept of you know you've been grounded from taking some stuff, and nice. yes. Yeah. Have you ever talked to your kids about marriage at all? I know, I know they're young, but you know, have you ever thought about, oh man, these guys will eventually get married? Like your son is already talking about girlfriends and stuff. Like, have yeah. you ever like tried to talk to them about what a marriage is? You know, maybe your daughter, especially, what to look out for. You just try to live by example with you and your wife. How do you go about that stuff? I think they'll see your example. And then you'll you'll go to weddings, you know, as as people, you'll take them to weddings and they see that. And they'll say, yeah, they, they, they quip and say, oh, yeah, when I have kids, blah, blah, blah. When I get married, I have kids. Yeah, we just tell them, yeah, OK, yeah, good. You know, we also want grandkids and the circle of life continues. So I'm, I tell them, you know, just look for a good man. And, you know, one thing I always tell them is be watch out for these boys. They're not all that, you know. Um what you see them now is just now, you you know, there's still love out there. This isn't just infatuation. So I try to teach them the difference between infatuation and I, love. I don't and think they listen because we never listened when we were younger. So see what, I to- see what I'm telling you this time. Yeah. It'll be like, oh, the girl, remember what he said, the girl uh, with the nice behind, always looking for the nice behind uh, and, uh, you know, man, how he could step up to listen. her. Nah. Right. So right. later on, he'll realize, you know, what is a good heart? Somebody who speaks, who speaks in the same tune as him is probably when he'll start realizing it. But for now, uh, the, the, the you know, the smiley face, the good smile, you know, behind and what have you. And stuff the, like the, physical, the physical attributes. That's yeah, the only thing. Okay. They have to learn some life lessons on their own. So, yeah. 
Yeah, that's pretty interesting, man. You know, it's, uh, you know, always a uh, interesting taking a peek into, you know, people who have families, people who have kids and, you know, that whole operation. And it's the same thing everyone says. It's like, hey, there really is no manual to this shit, right? It's like, you know, you just jump in just like how you figured out everything else in life, you know, especially for immigrants coming to a new country, you figured yeah. out the system, right? Like you figure out that system too as well. So, you know. Maybe it's not as scary as it seems, especially like with the right partners. So, um, yeah, I'll look forward to it. Is there one nugget? I want you to talk to your kids 10 years from now. So when your son is 23 and when your daughter is 11, I want you to spend like a minute each speaking to each of them, like call them by name, talk to them like they're 23 and 21. So they can always come back to this interview and say, oh, this is what dad said 10 years ago. Oh, man, that's interesting. Uh, Steven, you are about 23 if you're going to be listening to this, and this is 10 years from now. I'm proud of where you have reached, and I'm proud of um, what you've become. I'm proud of the man that I raised and the man that is really becoming a good citizen, a good person, and your nature and the values that you have right now will actually propel you to be the best person you are in the future. If you're ever going to be a dad, which I, I'm hoping you will. Yeah. Yeah, you will. And you'll teach what I have taught you growing up to the other kids that are coming before you and hope the family tree keeps going on. And hey, that's what I expected of you at this time today as i say it now stephanie you are the best thing that could ever happen to any man to have a daughter and at your age right now i am sure you turned out to be this wonderful princess and you are going to be an even more wonderful wife to somebody who will take care of you and adore you just like the way I adore your mom and hoping you have the best of times and the best of uh, kids out there that I will be coming to hug and spoil the same way your grandmother and granddad spoiled you guys. I'll do the same this time with the, with no regrets and, you know, uh, making sure it irks you the in the worst way possible, like your grandmother did. So to both of you, I say, you know, live life and enjoy yourselves. And right now, hey, let's be happy. Eat love and pray, as I told Mr. Nosa here. Eat love and pray. Beautiful. Man, that was, that was so moving. That was so touching. And I'm sure when they circle back to this, this audio, you know, it'll be moving to them as well at that age so shout out to you steve uh for thank you for being a, a good dad you know shout out to you for leading the family unit and you know setting an example for your children shout out to you for correcting some of those things that you know maybe our parents maybe didn't know better it's not like we have it all figured out 
But, you know, just a little bit of improvement. Maybe our kids will also improve on that for their grandkids and things like that. So shout out to all those things, uh, giving someone like myself and, you know, of course, the Cultural Cast audience an inkling into, you know, what fatherhood is like, you know, raising kids, uh, particularly when you're married to someone from a different culture. Do you want to, Steven also has a podcast, right? So I always like to give my guests opportunities to plug that. We're both part of this group called Podbreak, you know, which is a collection of African podcasters. But it has a podcast called the Sambasa podcast. Uh, Sambasa, how can people locate you if they want to hear more about you and what you do on your show? Okay. Uh, Sambasa podcast is available on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and you can find me on Apple, Google, anywhere you listen to your podcast. I am out there. Even Pandora. I think Pandora. Yeah, I'm on Pandora too. So we are happy to get listens and happy to talk about stuff over there. There's a lot of stuff that I talk about um, about life. And I want to thank Nosa for letting me come onto this show and talk about my life. And made me a bit more emotional about this 23 years from now, this 10 years from now, I wonder. Mm. But um, the good part about it is at least I've I've taken a view of my life coming forward. And I want to thank the Podbreakers as we are part of that group, Podbreak. Great collective, culture class. Hey, guys, look, NOSA has a bunch of knowledge with people from different uh, cultures on on his podcast. So I would like you all to... Go ahead and listen and share with other people whenever you can. It is a very great podcast, and I appreciate it on on to be honored and uh, to be on your podcast. Did I say that right? Appreciated and honored to be on this podcast. That's what I wanted to say. Definitely, yeah. definitely. I appreciate it. Thank you for coming on the show. And you know, Culture Class Podcast everywhere. Um, it's cultureclasspodcast.com. Follow us on social media. Have you ever done an episode with your wife? No. Have- you want to have her on? on? On on my podcast, yeah, you want yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. I I love okay. to, but I was I was asking if you've done an episode with your wife on your podcast. We did one about COVID. About COVID, we we're talking oh, okay. about the COVID experiences, how it happened, and uh, that was quite a touching one. And, okay, uh, I, I haven't. Yeah. I don't think I've listened to that one. I always tend to listen to your political episodes because Stephen is also also a pretty big, <laughs> pretty big on politics. So whenever I just see the title, I'm like, okay, let me listen to this one. But yeah, I love to schedule something, uh, have her on, and you know talking about you know her growing up and her meeting you and that if the stories match because you said she messaged you first right i'll ask her about that if that's yeah. true <laughs> no, that, that, i'll tell that she will she'll tell you that she'll tell you more got it got yeah. it well steve was actually said, talking about you i was like oh you're talking to nosa this a few minutes from now i said yeah yeah yeah, yeah. oh okay say hi to nosa you know that's the thing that's the thing about marriage right like every, all of my friends that are married like just their spouse just happened to know me <laughs> for some reason. And I guess that's what marriage is, right? Like you guys talk, so it's fine. Like, you know, right, everything right. that's going on in your lives, like you guys just talk about it, right? So that's that's and we're nice. trying to figure we're trying to get a wife for you, you know, no sir. We we got hey, we're championing for you. You have a happy shot for me, man. Like, you know, what what side? Eritrea, Ethiopia, let's go. Like, let's do it. <laughs> All right, right. make some good babies. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let me go have my tea, Nosa. It was a pleasure having you, and I really appreciate um, what we're doing here. And uh, shout out to everybody. Thank you. Thank you again, and have a great day. Bye.